You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. We started a love series last week and it has been amazing. Uh, it is the last lap on the Jesus culture. And the first thing I actually intimated is that there is difference between the love of the world and the love of the kingdom. All right. So we're talking about the believers love life. Okay. The believers love life. And you need to understand that there's big difference between the love of the world and the love of the kingdom. And so if you don't understand that right from the beginning, there's definitely going to be a cultural shock regarding your understanding. But then I know who you are in Christ and therefore your nature Okay, your nature, which is your spiritual nature, which actually makes who you who you are, will accept this and function as such. Now, the theme scripture we used last week was Philippians chapter 1, verse 9 to 10. This is Apostle Paul's prayer to the Philippian church. And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that ye may approve things that are excellent that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. So we said that the love of God abounds yet more and more in accurate, precise knowledge and also the right pattern, which is the word judgment used there. Okay, And that is, that is what makes us um, able to approve or test, scrutinize, examine that which is excellent, that which is virtuous, that which is of priority, that which is most important. And therefore, we will be sincere and without offense, without harm or without stumbling. In other words, we don't stumble and then we don't also, um, uh, we are not harmful. At the same time, we don't cause others to stumble and then we also don't give offense till the day of Christ. We said that the word malon malon actually is the word that is in comparison and Paul is speaking in comparison to the, the love of the world. Okay, so our love should grow more and more in relation to the accurate knowledge. In other words, the accurate knowledge of the word of God, the word epignosis. Okay, yes, and when Apostle Paul was using the same word in Ephesians 1 17, he said that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. That word knowledge there is the same word, the precise, accurate knowledge, epignosis. So, our knowledge of Christ caused us to grow in love, the real love, the love of God. We grow in that love and we have the mindset to be able to 
to prove what is good and what is acceptable and what is the perfect will of God as Romans 12 1 to 2 also speaks about. So it's the same thing. It has to do with the renewing of your mind. So we came to the conclusion that the mindset is key. The mindset is key. So your thinking pattern determines what you approve. Your thinking pattern determines what you approve. Your thinking pattern determines what you approve. Um, Titus chapter 1, 15 to 16 said something and I really, really, really think it's important to what we are talking about. Apostle Paul says to Titus, he says, a person who is pure of heart sees goodness and purity in everything. The King James Version says, he who is pure, who, he who is pure, everything else is pure, okay? So if, if a person has a pure heart, a pure mind, for them, they see everything in that perspective. And so that's exactly what Christ will summon us or exhort us to have. We should have a pure mind. That's why he says in the Beatitudes that uh, those who are pure in heart will see God. What he means is that we'll be able to walk with God and manifest God on earth. Okay, so it's key that a man will walk with a pure heart and with a pure mind. He says, but a person whose heart is evil and untrusting finds evil in everything. All right, so you see that what you actually suspect is exactly what you see in everybody. Okay, so what the things that you do is because they are already filled your mind. Okay, they have already filled your mind, sorry. So make sure that you fill your mind with good things. Fill your mind with the word of God. Fill your mind with goodness. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that when Philippians will speak to that. We should set our affection on things above. All right, so it's key to have this understanding. He says, for his dirty mind and rebellious heart, color all he sees and hears. For his dirty mind and rebellious heart color all he sees and hears. Such persons claim they know God, but from seeing the way they act, one knows they don't. They are rotten and disobedient, worthless so far as doing anything good is concerned. All right, so if you are pure, you see everything pure. If you are pure, you see everything pure. So have a pure mind. So you will know how your love is abounding by how you think towards people. You will know how your love is abounding, how you think towards people. Because your mind is free of offense. Your mind is free of harm. And you are very genuine, you are sincere. Okay, so even if you want to correct somebody, you correct them in love. You correct them with the right words. You don't want to use abusive words and words that would hurt them, okay, that would actually make them better. No, you take your time, think through it, because that is a pure mind right there. Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10.32, he said, So don't be a stumbling block to anyone, whether they are Jews or Gentiles. So what it is, is that he makes sure that in his mind there is that purity, so that each and every time he would make sure that he doesn't give offense to people. Acts 24.16, he says that the, 
that this being so, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense toward God and man. I always strive, I strive to have a conscience without offense toward God and toward men. So this is the spiritual exercise that apostle does with the accurate or precise knowledge of God's word in his spirit so that each and every time he feels his heart and his mind with this word so that the word guides him to approve so that in dealing with day-to-day issues with people and with things, he makes sure that he has the right judgment because he has the right pattern of mind, all right? So your, your mind, therefore, is the first thing in the love life. You can never experience spiritual growth outside, uh, outside love, outside love. And to love well, you must have the mindset of Christ, which is the right pattern of mindset. We also read Luke 17 verse 1, which speaks clearly to number one, there shall be no, there's no way we can have a life without offense. He says it's impossible that no offenses should come. And then he speaks to the fact that if you are the one with the offender, um, offenses go with punishment. So you have to be careful that you don't make it an exercise always offending people. Okay, it's not good. And then he speaks also to the victim of the offender and says that no matter how much the person offends your sins against you, find a way to forgive them, even if they sing against you seven times in a day. So what he's trying actually to tell you and I is that no matter the offense and no matter the extent, kindly find in your heart to forgive okay make sure that your heart is clean and your mind is pure so that you can just let go all right and i'm sure some of you be saying also pastor if this person did this and did this and you talk about the intensity of the offense well that is an unrenewed mind right there make sure that you have an understanding and then you correspond with your new nature i'm going to talk about that I think next week. So you got to understand that this is an instruction that comes from the Lord and all of us must not resist the word. It is already in you to be able to do it and together we can have a beautiful family. We can have a beautiful world. Imagine if the world understands this and we all walk in the light of this truth. Tell me how the world is going to be. Well, let's pray. Father, I thank you once again in the name of Jesus for the opportunity to share your word. I pray in the name of Jesus that I'll speak as the oracles of God. I'll speak with grace that only you, God, supplies. I declare in the name of Jesus that I see a transformed life in you. As we see ourselves in you, Lord, we decree, O oh God, that there's wisdom and a revelation of the knowledge of you. We pray, O oh God, that there, O oh God, shall be no contradictions there shall be no um, errors oh god in, in in dividing your word we shall divide your word with clarity of understanding and clarity of thought and clarity of expression in the name of jesus at the end of it all lord may you be glorified and we be edified in the name of jesus amen 
Well, so we are continuing with love part two today. Love part two. The believers love life and this is the part two. Now in John 13 verse 34 to 35. Before Jesus would die, he speaks to a new commandment. He speaks to a new commandment. Now this is what he says. A new commandment I gave unto you. That ye love one another as I have loved you. That ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. If ye have love one to another. Now, we see two verses. And we see the mention of loving one another three times in two verses. And so the emphasis is so strong. And he actually speaks to the fact that this is a new commandment. Once again... In the narrative, you can see him making a comparison to the, com- to the love we know in the world. Because he knows that they have lived within a certain culture. And so they have that cultural understanding of love. Which is not truly the love of God. And therefore he says, this is a new commandment I give to you. I mean, the word new there actually means that something that they should know And operate in that they have not been. And thank God that Christ, who is the beacon of love, actually speaks to this and opens and reveals us to this love. And says that this is how you have to go about it. Love one another as I have loved you. So he shows them love, the example of true love. He shows it to them. Okay, and then he says, make sure that as I have loved you, you also love one another. And then he says the effect of it is that all men shall know that we are his disciples. We are his followers. We are his students. We are his apprentices. If we love one another. So I think that the believer's brand is love the peak the frame if we see the believer the identification of that believer is how they love the depth of their love the width of their love the length of their love the height of their love how much love they reveal they show is key But we're going to look at where Jesus came from before he made that statement or gave that command. And mind you, anytime you see a command in the New Testament and in the epistles, it is about the Lord's command, which is love. So the Lord's command actually is love. James speaks to that. He says, this is the royal royal law. The royal law. Galatians also speaks to that in Galatians 6. It says that this is the Lord's command. So the Lord's command is that we love one another. So what happened before Jesus would say that? And he speaks the kind of love we are to show one to another. John 13, 13 to 17. 
We just read John 13, 34 to 35, and we are now taking John 13, 13 to 17. You call me master and Lord, and ye say well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and master, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you. The word verily, verily actually means faithfully, faithfully. I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. Neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If ye know these things, happy are ye. Other versions will say, blessed are ye if ye do them. Blessed or happy are ye if ye do them. What do they have to do? Loving one another. And what was the symbolism used here? Washing the feet of his disciples. Wow. So, number one, it tells you that love is a servant. Love serves. Love serves. In other words, the moment you decide to love, you lose your rights. You forget about your reputation. You forget about your ego. You forget about what you have. Love is a servant and always willing to serve others. Jesus, who is God, was washing their feet. So love washes the filth off the feet of others. Love washes the feet, the filth of the feet of others. Now imagine those days they don't have air conditioned cars. As a matter of fact all they were using were donkeys and camels. Most of the time they had to walk. And, and look at Israel and the way the roads are dusty because they were living in a very, 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 you know, environment. But Jesus was half naked, stooped low, and washed the filth of their feet. So, you see, love does not criticize. Love does not kill. Love actually looks at the good in people and wash off the filth so that they can mind, dig out the good in them. So, love always looks at the good in people. It does not look at the filth 
Love takes the opportunity to rather wash off the field so that people don't see filth, but they see good. Love does not add to it. Lord, love does not exaggerate sin. Love does not look at people and, and, and look down on them. No, no matter how low people are, no matter how down people are, love rather brings them up. Love esteems others better than itself. And he says, happy, blessed are ye if you do this. Let's look at another theme scripture we're going to be using today. Ephesians chapter 1. It's 5 verse 1, sorry. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1. We're going to take up to verse 3, but let's see. I'm sure today we're just going to look at um, the verse 1. I, I hope we can do more. But let's see how it goes. Ephesians 5 verse 1. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. As dear children. So let's look at the word followers. So we are being exhorted and admonished by Apostle Paul to, to, to be followers of God. Okay, and just as Jesus spoke to his disciples is exactly what Apostle Paul is speaking to the Ephesian church. Okay, that we should follow God's nature. Okay, let's look at the word followers. Now, the word followers is the word in the Greek mimitis. Mimitis. Now, most of these English words that we use came from Latin and also Greek. And so you will see the resemblance clearly. It's the same word to mimic. To mimic. To imitate. Okay, so mimitis is the same word mimic in the English language. To imitate, to copy. And this word is used for positive things or people we respect and value. The word mimitis or followers or to mimic is used for positive things. So it is very clear that it is meant for things that are exemplary. So Apostle Paul was actually telling them that as children of God, this is exemplary. That you follow God because God is the best example. Okay, so follow God. Follow God. Be ye followers of God. Okay, and so believers are called to copy. We are not called to be original. We are not called to be original. Every believer must understand this. That there is only one original. Christ. The express image of God. He is the 
only original. Every believer, right from the apostles to today, the one who got born again just this moment, must understand that we are meant to be copycats. We are meant to be imitators. And we imitate Christ. Now, the word does not leave you in ambiguity. Not at all. So, it actually tells you what exactly to follow. Because if he is giving you an example to follow, then you must be shown clearly and evidently what to follow. Let's look at a few scriptures regarding that. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 to 17. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 to 17. Wherefore, I beseech you, be ye followers of me. And then he says, 17, For this cause I have sent unto you Timotheus, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways which be in Christ. Of my ways which be in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. So Apostle Paul is clear as to what the Corinthian church must copy, must imitate they must imitate or bring to their remembrance his ways which be in Christ, which he teaches everywhere, which is constant, which doesn't change. He says, I preach it everywhere in every church. And that is why you see that for most of the references you see in the epistles, you will see them crossing. You cross them. Everywhere you go, you will see almost the same things. They may be written in different words, but then it is pointing to the same thing. Because what we are meant to copy is the ways of Christ. The ways of Christ. The ways of Christ. He says, I teach it everywhere. So please, if you are a disciple, you copy Christ. Please, note this. So Paul is not saying, copy everything about me. No, he says, copy, imitate the things which be in Christ. That I teach publicly in every church. First Corinthians 9.27 But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Lest that by any means when I have preached to others. I myself should be a cast away. But I keep under my body 
In other words, I keep my body and bring it into subjection. Lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Now, Apostle Paul was talking to the Corinthian church and he really, really lamented a lot in this particular um, chapter. Okay? And then to the end, he speaks to the fact that his preaching is not of himself. His preaching is not of his own desires. It is a calling. It is an assignment that Christ has given him. So he has to imitate Christ. So here, when he says that I keep my body under subjection, what he's actually trying to say that he doesn't preach his own desires. He doesn't preach his own lust. He doesn't preach what he likes. No, he preaches and makes sure that he's imitating and following the instructions that has been given him so that he preaches what he has been asked to preach. And he says, I make sure I do that so that I myself should not be a cast away. The word cast away, many say that it means that he will lose his salvation. No, it is the word adokimos. It means to, dis, to be disqualified. To be disqualified. Now, salvation is a gift. So there's no way you can be disqualified. It's not a test. It's not a reward. It is a gift. So the moment you see this word, it tells you he's not talking about losing his salvation. He's talking about losing his reward. Because we are to preach Christ. We are to imitate Christ. Praise God. So anytime we are preaching, our preaching must reflect Christ. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. 1 Corinthians 11, 1. 1 Corinthians 11, 1. Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Be ye followers of me, even as I am also am of a Pharisee, am of a Sahendri, I am of a Sadducee, am of the Roman, <laughs> a, a Roman citizen. No, I'm of Christ. So once again, he's saying, just like he said to them in 1 Corinthians 4, 16 to 17, he's actually speaking to the fact that they should see the ways of Christ in him and follow that and imitate that. So Christ is the focus. 1 Thessalonians Chapter 1, verse 5 to 6. So he writes to the Thessalonian church and speaks accordingly. 1 Thessalonians 1, 5 to 6. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power, and in the Holy Ghost, and in much assurance 
as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord. So they became followers of the apostles but of the Lord. So they saw what the apostles were doing that were of the Lord Jesus and they came to Christ and he says they must continue to follow those things which are of Christ. Seven, so that ye were examples to all, to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. Okay? So in this particular context, he's speaking to the fact that they should follow them. And the followership here is actually the followership in affliction. The six, let me be clear about the six. I think I left something out. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Ghost, so that ye were examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. So for the gospel, Jesus suffered. For the gospel, the apostles suffered. And so for the gospel, you will suffer. So Suffer for the sake of the gospel and you are imitating, you are following Christ, you are copying Christ because Christ went through that. We also went through that. So as you follow how we suffered, you are also following and imitating Christ who suffered for us all. The same in 1 Thessalonians 2, 14. 1 Thessalonians 2.14 For ye brethren became followers of the churches of God which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen even as they have, as they have of the Jews. So now the churches were going through affliction. And so Paul is writing the letter to bring comfort to them to understand that these are the ways of Christ. Anybody that receives the gospel will suffer for the sake of the gospel. Okay, and it is all part of imitating the nature of God, giving ourselves because of others, giving ourselves to others, suffering for the sake of the gospel for others' sake. Okay, so it is so key to important to understand this important point that we suffer for the gospel. And so we don't live a life always to please ourselves and love those who love us. And then we say, oh, we are revealing love. No, the love of Christ suffers for others. The love of Christ sacrifices for others. And so they, they sacrifice by suffering for people. Their own countrymen were actually persecuting them. And they were causing them to suffer persecution because of the gospel. Yet, they did not give up. 
And Apostle Paul is encouraging them that they should continue to do that because that is the nature of Christ. Hebrews chapter 6, 11 to 12. Hebrews chapter 6, 11 to 12. The Hebrew writer also speaks to that. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end that ye be not slothful but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Praise God. So for everybody that inherited the promise, Jesus, they had to go through stuff. And so through faith in him and patience, they inherit the promise. So we can see clearly that the model of our thinking and behavior should be believers as they follow Christ. So we look at the models and the thinking pattern of believers and their behavior as they follow Christ and we also follow suit. Very important. We don't follow unbelievers. We don't follow the pattern of the world. We don't think like the world thinks. And that's why some of us, um, it's difficult to operate the love of Christ because we feel we'll be called fools because we have the thinking pattern of the world. Don't forget, love is a servant. It washes the filth of the feet of others. When you truly want to look at your rights, you can love. Let the same mind which was in Christ Jesus be in you. Who was God? but did not consider it. Who was God, but did not consider it? Ephesians 5. Let's go back to Ephesians 5. 1 to 2. So now we understand the word followers of God. Followers of God. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. And he says, and walk in love. As Christ has loved us. And has given himself for us an offering. And a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. Walk in love. 
It means God has a nature and a pattern of behavior which is love. And I told us from the beginning that that's God's primate nature. Out of that nature emanates all other natures of God. That is God. When you talk about God, he's love. When you say God is perfect, it's because he's love. When you say God is holy, it's because he's love. And everything he does is predicated on his nature of love. Walk in love. The word walk is the word peripate. Peripate. In afterwards, it's a lifestyle, a way of life. A way of life. A way of life. So, love is our life. And that is why the title is The Believer's Love Life. If you love one another, all shall see that you are my disciples. John 13. So this must be a way of life. Our lives must epitomize and always show, reveal this love. So we have been called to love. And that is why we're talking about the love culture. That should actually be the way of life. If we are believers and we can't forgive and we can't let go, then it means that we have forgotten who we are. James 1.22 But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. The word deceiving yourself is the word paralogizomenoi. Paralogizomenoi. In other words, to lay aside or to reason falsely. So it is not that we don't have the nature of love. We do. But it's, it's, you know you are an American citizen, but you are behaving like you came from another country. Or you know that you are a Ghanaian, but you are behaving like you are from another country. 
in this particular context, you know you are a child of God and therefore you have a nature of God, but you have laid aside or you are reasoning falsely. You have not tuned or set your mind well. Look at 1 Corinthians 8, 12, 13. 1 Corinthians 12, sorry, 1 Corinthians 8, 12, 13. Sorry. But when you thus sin against the brother and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, this one is heavy. If food makes my brother stumble, I will never again eat meat lest I make my brother stumble. Wow. Can I read it again? But when you thus sin against the brother and wound their conscience, their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never again eat meat. It's not that I will eat it privately. No. I would never again eat meat lest I make my brother stumble. (laughs) So, for the gospel's sake and for their faith in Christ, And not to weaken their conscience. If my eating causes them to stumble, Apostle Paul says, He will never eat again. So that that brother, that sister will be able to stand. You know, all of us must actually understand this grace that has been bestowed us and walk in the knowledge and in the light of this grace. It's amazing. In that we are meant to walk in this love and this love must be sacrificed for others. And when we do that, we reveal Christ. 
while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for us to be good. When somebody is weak in the faith, somebody is weak even in the world, we show them the love of Christ. That's our culture. That's our way of life. And by that, they know we are Christ's disciples. Walk in love as Christ also did. What did he do? He gave himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. So walk in love just as Christ. Ephesians 5, verse 2. Walk in love just as Christ. So you see, God's pattern of behavior, which is love, is revealed in who? Christ. Did you get that? How did Christ reveal this love? Which is the lifestyle of God. How did Christ do that? John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. While we were yet sinners Christ died for us. Praise God. So you see, walking in love is a spiritual initiative we embark on. Independent of what the person did or did not do. Walking in love is a spiritual initiative we as believers embark on. Independent of what the person did or did not do. So the love of God is felt when people sin. Do you know how sometimes we can narrate or present a scenario or a situation in such a way that the person's sin is out of the block? Because they sinned against us, it is not Of the sins that must be forgiven. 
And so we personalize that sin. And rate that one differently because it is us who were the victims of the offense. There's been a lot of times people would ask me to speak because you hear things and people say things and you want to defend and I ask, is it worth it? Especially when you know it will destroy others or destroy the person. How do I show this love? I can only show this love when the person sins against me. So this love does not say, you do me, I do you. This love does not say, ah, you've done it once, you've done it twice. Now, I have to tell you. I have to revenge. The love of God is felt when people sin. Romans 5, 8. But God commanded his love towards us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I love this. God commanded his love towards us. He himself, by his own sovereignty, willingly and cheerfully, in that, while we were yet sinners, where we were still on the sin, on the offense, on the transgression, on the disobedience, on the iniquity, Christ died for us. Grace, glorious grace. Grace, glorious grace. At the cross, you called it finished. Thank you for listening to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor, Caris Center International. We believe the word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life. Caris Center International, living heaven on earth. Come.